1: love talk radio
2: Good evening, good evening, good evening. We are very excited to share with you a new program we're bringing to authors and other people in our audience, listening center, wherever they may be. Uh, We have to, with us tonight, a co-author, well, let me rephrase that, (laughs) a co-host and also an author We will talk to you about being authors. But it doesn't stop there. Anything that's going on that may be a concern for you, we'll want to address you and address those issues for you. So let me go ahead and introduce you to co host Nicole Jennings Goodman. Nicole, go ahead and tell us about yourself, please. Nicole, are you there? I'm um, sorry. There
0: you go. Can you hear me now?
2: Oh. I, hear you, I hear you. I hear you.
0: Excellent. You're excellent. Operator error. I muted my phone. Um, well, thank <laughs> you so much, Etienne, for uh, bringing me in on the show and, and, and asking me to do this uh, show with you. I'm super excited about the things that we have planned going <laughs> forward for the rest of the year. Uh, again, my name is Nicole Jennings Goodman. I am a retired Cleveland Police uh, from Cleveland, Ohio. I served uh, a little over 13 and a half years as an officer and um, mm-hmm. eight years prior to that as a lifeguard. Um, and I retired, got the chance to retire a little early because I got hurt on the job, but it's giving me the opportunity to you know, explore other avenues and um, you know, get other expertise to be able to bring to you and, and mm-hmm. uh, share on the show. So I'm excited. So you've had experience working with people in one way or another. Huh? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I, as, I was a lifeguard at the age of 16, and you know, while a lot of people kind of oh, he's just a lifeguard, you walk around the pool on day, but you know, realized that at the age of 16, I was put in charge of people's lives, and in yeah. the, in Cleveland. So yeah, in Cleveland you can at eight years old you're old enough to be left at the swimming at a city pool by yourself. So we were the neighborhood what? babysitters. And oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, eight years old, you drop your kid off or send them on up to the pool by themselves and uh, from the hours of twelve in the afternoon until five forty five in the evening. And then we had wow. adults swim from six PM to eight. But yeah, I was a neighborhood babysitter and uh, you got, you know, you got fifty thousand gallons of water, <laughs> and fifty or yeah, sixty. Yeah, absolutely. You got fifty or sixty eight year olds on up to eighty. Wow. You're responsible for their lives, so you, you know, yeah, you learn a bit of responsibility at a very early age. Wow. Um, and I be, uh, I became a police officer at 24. So wow. Cleveland, I, yeah, our population is. Over 386,000 people in 82 square feet. So, uh, the ratio to officer to civilian is like 30,000 to one. This is 95% of my career, I worked in a car by myself. I was a traffic car for a while. I was a one-man car, as so what we call slow response cars. If, you know, if you have a report or uh, something uh, happened yesterday, you need to make a report. They would send me in by myself. So, and then I became no. a crime scene investigator, um, which at seven years on the job, I became a crime scene investigator. So I covered the entire city Jeez. of Cleveland for everything from vandalism to homicide mm-hmm. and everything in between. So to say that I've had some experience working with people in. All different walks of life from the most terrible time in their life all the way to playing in the pool, which is super fun. Um, mm. Yeah, a little bit of experience. You know
2: you know something I got to say to you? When I first spoke to you, I didn't know who you were or what you were, but I knew something about the way you dealt with people. And the more we get to know each other, the more I see we have a lot in common. I was mm. working with the police department in... Louisville, Kentucky, they wanted huh. to have what the title was Youth Gang Intervention Specialist. That's the title they gave me. I have a huh. social work, and they wanted me to drive along with the police as they stop potential gang members or history, historic, historical <laughs> members. And huh. it didn't look that good because the way I would talk to individuals, not the way the cops would talk, police would talk with them. But nevertheless, we worked together and I ended up writing a book for parents. Is your child wow. getting ready to be on a gang? We did that. But uh, I had to do all that on my own because they <laughs> I was in the office of the gang squad. And they were on Mm -hmm. the go. And I didn't really do anything when they were on the go. I mean, I drove drove along with them, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. interact with any potential gang members or gang members. Nevertheless, that's one one of the the, uh, similarities we have. I want to share with you another one that's interesting to me because Mm -hmm. I was not a lifeguard. But I was saved by a lifeguard when I was about 14, or 15 years mm-hmm. old. I left St. Mm-hmm. Thomas. My mom sent me to high school in New York with an aunt I didn't know. But two years later, she came back <laughs> home, and we went to the beach. And I said to myself, yeah, the young guys can swim all the way out to this float that they have out there for anyone to go out there. I didn't know if I could do it now, but I'm going to do it. So I started swimming. Mm-hmm. I thought I was swimming. And I got tired. And I started to stop and stand on the bottom of the sea. And I didn't realize mm-hmm. I was that out, And I panic. I panic. I panic. The last guy mm. came and cut me and talked about embarrassment, big time. Everybody came from Ottawa. Nowhere. I don't know where they came from to see me be brought in. Now, there's a little bit wow. that because my aunt was telling me, Get your butt inside. And she just said, But get your butt inside. You know, you can't swim. And I was too embarrassed to tell her, Yeah, you're right. But what I learned from that is I was able to swim and I didn't know that I was able to swim. That is the lesson that I learned about that. And we talk about the potential we had. That's another potential I had that I didn't know I had as we grew. So we're going to go into things like this as we meet you from time to time. So yeah. I learned a little bit more about you and you learn a little bit more about me. So what
0: more do you want to go into at this point?
2: Any resources well, you want to do?
0: Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, as a result of, you know, being able to work with so many different types of people in so many walks of life. Yep. Um, yep. And then after I retired, I actually retired almost 11 years ago now due to my on uh, under the wow. injuries. I actually have I have eleven damaged joints, seven herniated and bulging discs in my back. I've had a total knee replacement. Now, to look at me, you know, you, if you go on Facebook, I am on Facebook. For those of you, you know who are uh, you know tech savvy, uh, my first name is Phil N I C H O L Jennings Goodman. I am on there, and there's about ten years of my history that you are welcome to look through. Um, and you, most people don't even know that. I am disabled un- unless they catch me on a bad day when I can't stand up straight. But I I have had to learn how to walk six times, uh, you oh know, over God. the course of these last 25 plus year 30, well, 30 years now, since I was, wow. I tore up my knee the first time when I was 22. So yeah, 27 years ago uh, before I got on the police department. Um, wow. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's lots, lots of different types of experiences that, you know, I'm, yes. I'm happy to be able to share with people. I'm very transparent. And when I came here, I live in Hawaii now. I've uh, been in Hawaii now almost a year. I decided to leave mm-hmm. Cleveland back in January of last year, and apparently I was on the right track before I even knew it. So I, I got in here just <laughs> in time for COVID, and I'm, like, way back off in the woods.
1: Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, God.
0: quarantine. I self-quarantine anyway. I'm, I'm on three acres back in the woods, so I kind of self-quarantine anyway. Um, but since, you know, I had this time here, I wound up writing my autobiography. So, um, Uh I I wrote, I wrote and released my first book this past October. The name of my, it, it is available on Amazon and the name of my book is called Get Your Own Damn Fish. And subtitled, I'm the bitch life made me. So, you know, but with with many of our listeners, what many of our listeners will find out is that Etienne and I are on polar opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the way we deal with people and and the way we talk. Etienne uh, is a wonderful gentleman who will not utter a curse word. And it's and I, I <laughs> super respectable. How he made it this far in life without being able you know, without having to swing a few uh four letter words is amazing. But I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum where I feel like it Morgan Freeman couldn't narrate my life. It would definitely take Samuel Jackson to drop a couple of F bombs when it talks about the stuff in my life. So, you know, <laughs> Uh, when yeah. you if you go on Amazon and you either put in my name or you put in the title of the book, get your own damn fish. And if you, you do read the book, you will see that I do talk like I type. <laughs> so uh, and, and, and I will drop an occasional bomb on you because, you know, that's, that's just life. <laughs> but there is you know, an, an agreeable. I, there is a huge difference between vulgarity and making a point. Yes. So, some people say, "Well, if you're cursed, then you can't. Um, you're not intelligent enough to come up with something that's more poignant. It's not a curse word." Well, I beg to differ. I am a published author. My vernacular is spectacular, but every now and again and every now and again, you need to put a damn in a sentence. And so, <laughs> get your own damn fish was a concept that I came up with um, about 15 years ago. Um, as an active police officer, you know, I was born and raised in inner city Cleveland, and I just mm-hmm. happened to be living and assigned to the same area in which I was living, born and raised in Cleveland's 5th District. So this is my mm-hmm. neighborhood. I was a neighborhood police officer. Everybody knew where I lived. They knew my car. I've arrested several mm-hmm. neighbors. I arrested a gentleman for raping a 15-year-old girl to live directly <laughs> across the street from me. And he alone. had been in my house alone with me two weeks prior. So when, um, you know, when I heard the address come over the air, I of course rushed yes. there. Like this is my, this is my street, my that's... neighbor. And yes. yeah, absolutely. And we had to crawl through his window, and he was asleep on the living room floor. And when he looked up, oh. he looked directly into my face. Nicole, and, it's Officer Jennings today, dude. So these mm-hmm. are some of the things I had to. I had to deal with, mm-hmm. yeah. Um mm-hmm. and so you know, that was another reason why I had to leave Cleveland because I put people away for heinous crimes that I've been retired over mm-hmm. ten years and some of them are serving. out mm-hmm. and I still look the same. So people were running to me going, Hey, don't I know you from somewhere? So <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, that was part of the reason why I left. But um so you know, some of my resources, um you know, for, for, let me backtrack. Um, so, throughout the year, we are going to be uh, bringing on different types of experts like myself, people that I know that have experience doing what they do and being where they are and uh, coming from where they come from. And mm. um, some of my resources will definitely be directing our, our listeners to some resources where they can. Uh, either get help or more information on some of the topics that we're going to be discussing, like uh, you know my book, uh, Get Your Own Damn Fish. I was then promoting that. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> the curse words make him giggle. It's so funny. Uh, but there are these are all biblical words. Now, damn and bitch are both in the Bible, so don't you know? Don't go there with me. I've read the Bible from front to back several times, so yep, they are in it. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and I also have a I also have a website um, follow black dollars which is a website uh it's a hub to help promote the black community, black owned businesses. It's a place where uh people of color can come and talk how we talk and discuss the things that we discuss um and be comfortable with it without being concerned for uh um, yeah. you know how other people think about the way we talk. Um so I do have different resources, and, as you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, my perspective on things, people come from where they come from, and we, we yeah. all deal with what we deal with, and as a result of what we deal with, we are who we are today, um, mm-hmm. but we, you know, <clears throat> we want people to understand that if you're not happy where you are, you don't have to stay there. If you're waking up mm-hmm. another day, you have a chance. To change your life, you can make the next year, the next two years, the next five years be totally different from what you've experienced in life before. Uh, And we're not just going to talk this game, we're going to live it and we're going to shoot you to resources and explain, you know, show people personally how we've done this, you know, uh, eventually. Folks will find out how I wound up in Hawaii all the way from Ohio, and it has a lot more to do with just, well, I'm retired. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. i retired from the police department, and I decided to live in Hawaii. It has a whole lot more to do with the fact that, you know, the hell that I had been through in life before, I decided to seek heaven Mm -hmm. on this side of the planet. And the more you learn about me, the more you will see that I'm not just talking a game. This is what I've been yeah. doing, you know, all of my life. And this is the, the information and the perspective and the resources that I've come to, to learn and love and find out. Um, it, it's, it's apparently my goal in life to help direct people to those resources so that they can find their heaven on earth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about this program. And especially mm. with the time of year that we're starting, we're in January. Mm. And right now people are, uh, they're talking about their new year's resolutions and they're trying to lose weight. They're trying to gain weight. They're trying to get stronger. They're trying to go for a better jobs, save more money, uh, learn how to cook, whatever it is your resolution is. But what we're finding mm. out and, you know, and historically, I mean, look back on your life, look at Everybody that's listening can probably look back on the last five, ten, fifteen years. Every time they make a resolution by February or mid March, is gone, and they're back to their old uh, true, yeah. ways of life.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, what what we're going to be ad- we're going to be addressing these things and what you know, what most people when they're doing a program like this they want to start with well what's your resolutions what's your goals what's your dreams but what we don't talk about is the thing that knocks us off of our course for these resolutions, for these dreams, for changing our lives. So we're going to start our show off a little bit different, and our next show on January 30th will be our uh, our first guest, and we're going to start off talking about triggers. Let's recognize these triggers, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, depression, the things that – would knock you off of what your goals are. Let's recognize those at the beginning of the year instead of waiting for them to happen and um, sucker punching us, basically. So Mm. on our show in two weeks, we're going to have a young lady named Sadiqa Hennigan who has a website and some resources that talk about post-traumatic stress disorders, triggers, how to handle those triggers. So we're going to address those first. And we're going to get that out of the way so we know what our triggers are, and hopefully we can continue this year with a little bit better success than we have in years in the past. So Next that is year, my objective. <laughs> that yes. is definitely my objective for the course we want to take our show this year.
2: Could you go ahead and repeat the name of the guests who will be coming in?
0: Um, Ms. Siddiqua Hennigan, a, uh, S-I-D-D-I-Q-A-H hennigan okay. she is, can also be found hennigan is h-e-n-i-g-h-a-n she can be found on facebook as well and i do believe her mm-hmm. uh her facebook page ptsd nation is up and running i do have to check and see if her website ptsd nation is also functional um if not now it will definitely be ready for us by the time we go on the air So we're not just going to say, well, these are the issues, blah, 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 and this is the person that did yada, yada, yada. We're going to direct you to resources. We're going to help um, our listeners to understand what our perspectives are on these situations so they'll know out the bat whether or not they even want to continue listening to us and what our Mm -hmm. objectives are and sending people to resources. So this will be a most interactive um, show folks Yes. Yeah, you can call in and ask your questions, um, give us topics, something that you may want to touch on for the rest of the year, and we're going to see how we can definitely get um, things in our schedule to make sure that people stay on the course that they want to stay on and get those New Year's, quote, in quote, I'm doing air quotes, resolutions,
1: <laughs> <laughs> more successful yes. this time in
0: 2021. Yeah, good enough.
2: Yeah. Well, how's, now is the appropriate time to let people know what the number is. The number for calling and if you have some concerns or any questions, give us a call. The number is 515- 605- Give us a call. We'll come right into the studio and we'll take it from there. Now, after all that I heard from you, let me share with a little bit about you why I don't you heard be word.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted you to know it. My mother was wow. a single mom. I had a sister who was away at school, and I was at home with mom. Now, I knew my sister, by name, but I didn't really have a chance to interact with her because she came home for summertime. But my mom was very determined to have me go to Catholic school. The first grade was too full for me to get in. Second grade was twofold, but I got it in the third grade. Well, of course, in Catholic school, there's no such thing as Yes, I'm telling them be uh, using those words, and if they get caught, they get their hands back. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> but I also knew that this was not the right way to speak.
0: And although mm-hmm. I grew up
2: with my mom, a single mom, who worked with lady that I told was my grandmother, we all lived in the same household. It was not how most house where things were being said. So I mm-hmm. I learned from an early age part of my my vocabulary. And to take it a step further as I got older sometimes there would be fights and not when I would be in the fifth, sixth, seventh grade there would be fights breaking out guys or girls. And who would you go in the middle of it to break it up? Me. Why was that? Because <laughs> That's what the kids are supposed to do in school. And boy, oh boy, I don't know if I, uh, I don't think anybody ever bothered me, but they cussed me out sometimes, too.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I broke it open.
2: They wanted to see the the, the the, fights going on. One thing I wanted to add to uh, our presentation, our discussions without yes, we have to be careful of confidentiality. I know you know that, but I want the audience to know about that. We mm-hmm. will not talk about any confidential content without their permission. Oh,
1: no. Even with, no, even with not.
2: We, will, we will, yes, dive around it so that we can respect their confidentiality. I say that. Absolutely. You're a former police officer,
1: and I'm a former clinical social pass. worker. Yes.
0: Please pause. Pause, pass. So, pass, pass. I must make this distinction right now before we go any further for you and for all of those who are listening. I am not a former police officer. I am not an ex-police officer. Former and ex implies that I was fired or I quit as a police officer. In other areas, this is different. But as a police officer, I am retired, which means I completed my tour of duty honorably and I still get paid. So, <laughs> we will say, when yeah. I say former ex, they be like, oh, you know, when I say retired, they like, oh, you know, what made you quit? I did not quit. <laughs> I didn't yes. quit anything. I completed okay. my tour of duty and I'm retired. Okay, you may continue now. Unpause. <laughs> I can <guess, laughs> see this is going
1: to be fun.
2: This is going to be fun. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, as I, yeah. I said, confidentiality is important. And with my clinical social work background, I have no problems Dealing with confidentiality. So
1: I just mm-hmm. have to go back
2: with the number because people may not always remember the number. So let me just mention it mm-hmm. again
1: 515
2: 605 9812. Give us a call. If you would like to be on the air or yourself, we're more than happy to have you on the, air, on the program. Yeah. Awesome. So let me
0: go
1: ahead and I am a
0: Go ahead. I'm also going to add the link um, at our blog talk radio link to followbackdollars.org. So uh, depending on where you are, if you can listen in on the Internet um, and, you know, you can't remember the number or whatever. If you list, uh, if you have access to a laptop instead of a phone, you'll be able to click on it and listen as well. So you I will add that link to show. our website.
2: People can be on Facebook. And there's some other social mm-hmm. media sites we have, too, that will we'll post our shows as, as, as they come into fruition.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: maybe more about me. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I grew up with any brothers, fathers, uncles in my life. And it didn't bother me when I was growing up because I had lots of friends in my neighborhood. And we always hung out together. As a matter of fact, Uh the book that I wrote about is part of my upbringing. When I was about third, fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, we were lucky enough to go to a Saturday matinee. My mother paid 75 cents, and I would go for a three-hour (laughs) movie.
1: There'll be
2: a triple movie. There'll be a feature. There'll be a a, um, serial for the, the... what would they call it? The,
1: the,
2: the, the, oh, I can't think of it right now, but when they had the movies, and there was, the series we'll come to a dead end, and you had to come uh-huh. back next week to see it. Well, we did it every time. There was about four or five of us got together. We went there every Saturday as best we could. When we had the money, we did it. When we did not right. we didn't do it. But it's funny that it was interesting. We would talk about what we saw in the movies. We saw a feature, we saw the series, and we saw something else, some other funny movie, something like the um, Stooges. I the think. Intermission. The, 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 yeah, Intermission movies. Anyhow, uh-huh. we, would, we would reenact the movie we saw because we were so <sighs> in, 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 pumped. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were enhanced with the movie, the Western, of course. Every Saturday there was a different Western. I can tell you all the names of them. Roy uh, uh, Rogers, Dean Autry, Sunset Cass, Carson, uh, and others and others and others. And there was even uh-huh. Jim, oh, what's his name? Uh, Tarzan and Jungle Jim, and all those guys were in. The those show. were my mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my mom. And the one, <laughs> we,
2: the room. We would reenact the show, and one of us, one of the guys would reenact the pistols. The and we would jump and look around because we thought it was a gun. In those days, I'm talking about 30, 40, 50 years ago, we didn't know what a gun sounds like in real life. So we were right. jumping and home and, and run behind a car. <laughs> the guy who did the noise and then, was laughing. <laughs> it was just fun for the day. But that was all right. what we did. Yes, we went around the neighborhood. Luckily for us, I lived in the island where there were fruits. And then the fruits were in the yard of somebody. Nobody lived there. We went in there and picked out fruits. We had uh, Now, you are in the Virgin Islands. The Virgin
0: islands. Correct. And you the Virgin say islands. The islands, everybody remember? Yeah, I was born and <laughs> raised in the yes, U.S. Virgin Islands. That is awesome.
1: <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yes, it is. Well, it's a lot different
2: now because... We have, I, I grew up in about three or four different cultures. There's a da- Danish culture here. I mean, the islands were Danish Birth in 1917. Uh-huh. U.S. born from Denmark. But a lot of our streets, especially the downtown streets, are written in Danish. And it's hell. Wild. Wow. The Danish means Hill Street. So I know those words. When I was in the Air Force and went to Denmark. And I guess it's funny for me because when most tourists would go around taking pictures of streets and people who were stained or were doing some event, I was busy taking pictures of the street names because I knew the name of every, not every street, but I recognized the names of streets that were identical to the street names we had here in the.
0: Saint Thomas version
2: nice. like of them. all three of them. that was part of my culture. The other part of the culture was we were right next to those people, Puerto Ricans, and there was a Puerto Rican, mainly my public community was right there. As a matter of fact, let me ask you a question. you do
1: <clears throat> Do you
2: know when the ch- the Puerto Ricans will give their children a Christmas gift? You know when they get the really? gift? I do not. Well they get it on January sixth. Now why would they do that? Bastille day. No, 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 it's basic. Not Bastille. No, Bastille is back in July. But um, Okay. They did that because the three kings gave the gift to baby Jesus. So they they do that right. in the culture. They, they, they would get, they Santa Claus or whatever they they do, but they don't give the kids a kiss until three kings day, and that's that's a culture, that's part of a culture that I grew up with. Now I didn't get a kiss, right? Wow. I got them the regular time because my mother was not Spanish in any, in any way, so he's
1: mm-hmm.
2: And then also, I had the West Indian. So when I went to high school in New York, I thought I was speaking correct English. No miss I won. <clears throat> I told my dad, "Where are we going? Where are we going after? After?" You know, that's way that pronunciation. I didn't know that I was not speaking properly or clearly. And <laughs> what uh, what is not called bully? I guess I was bullied, but didn't know I was being bullied. So. I, <laughs> I've learned to lose my dialect. What I speak is not what I when I was a kid growing up. <laughs> so that's interesting. Wow.
1: And, that is you know, very interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Especially when I was in a Catholic school. And of course the teachers would whip well, most back my hand if I said something they wouldn't understand. They thought I was making a joke or, or being funny. But no I, wow. I wasn't. I was just saying what I thought Oh, how I said it! The way I was growing up. Don't ask me what I said because I don't remember. <laughs> I just you knew that certain things I couldn't say. Where, where, where you uh-huh. is? Where you? Where are you? Yes. We also where you are. You plural. We say all you, but emphasizes the strength. All of you put together. That's given uh-huh. uh-huh. mind. Keep in mind that the language we had was the language of the Danish slaves who we were not educated. They got the right. education, but they didn't learn how to speak properly because they didn't learn to speak English. They learned to speak Danish. And eventually, they learned to speak English when Dana, the American country bought the, uh, the Danish islands from the, the
1: mm-hmm.
2: Quite
0: interesting, isn't it? it's in interesting and it's, and it's interesting that you you know you, when you talk about speaking English properly or improperly in New York so I, I have a girlfriend of mine that lives over in Maui and she is yes. Romanian Bul- yes. uh, Bulga- she's Bulgarian okay she's Bulgarian. she speaks English. Um, she's been in the United States. Well over a decade, so she speaks, you know, she speaks easy English. Well, she had spent, after she learned how to speak English, she had spent some time in Europe, well, Mm -hmm. in England. And, you know, they speak the Queen's English. Well, she was, she was ridiculed. For speaking English with an American accent, and she's Bulgarian. Now, you talk to her, you can clearly hear her European mm-hmm. accent. You can clearly hear mm-hmm. that she is not from mm-hmm. America. Period. But in yeah. Europe, mm-hmm. she was ridiculed for speaking English with an American accent. Mm-hmm. I never, said, that well, I, I never even considered mm-hmm. that probability. Not only the accent, but the the uh, the. the
2: the key word
0: dialect, yeah, dialect, yeah, the dialect they would use, yes, right, interesting, Yeah, yeah. And, and I just, I, yeah, and it's like, okay, and that's that's another. Like you, our 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 path of life was so absolutely completely. You know, just thinking about where you, you know, mm-hmm. how you grew up in that environment, whereas you know, like I said I grew up in inner city Cleveland. It's a population yeah. of well over 300,000 people in an 82 square mile area, and my mother was a prostitute, so I'm actually the product of a, you know of a, a paid night. So my growing up environment was very different. There was drugs and alcohol, and you know, mm-hmm. and just all types of stuff, right? So this this my yeah. upbringing, and there there was cursing, and there was. School and everything in between. So yeah. you know, I where I chose where you know that was the environment that I grew up on and you know, that I grew up with. I chose to not live that life, but I learned yes. that life. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I decided yes. to seek education yes. and seek a yes. career, but I totally learned and understood that life because, as I said before, even though. Yes. Um, you know, I became police officer and this day and the other, I was a cop in my neighborhood, you know, right yeah. down the street from where yeah. I grew up and experienced this life of being the half-white child of a yeah. black prostitute in the hood. Um, so, yeah, so polar opposites, you know, was yeah. the spectrum. Yes, and, but yet, and yet, here we are together today. So, um, and it's a perfect example of it doesn't matter where you start. You see what I'm saying? You and I, you know, coming together, meeting, where we actually met, for those of you who are wondering, why did we get together? Because I'm in the Hawaiian Islands, and he is in the Virgin Islands. And no, we have never been in the same space. We did We did actually meet on LinkedIn, um, both, you know, promoting our businesses, and that's how we came together. So, yeah. um Right, it's just we still, even though we had totally different paths in life, we came from where we came from, but we made choices in our life to get us to where we are today. And they still led, you know, no matter which choice we made, no matter which choice I made based on where I came from and the choices that you, Etienne, made based on where you came from, we still wound up making successes of our lives and still being able to come to this parallel, you know, space in time through everything that we've been through. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I am I'm, super excited. I want to share with mm-hmm. you
2: something else that came into my life. That how it happened, why it happened. Like I say, it, it's God's guidance and gift. Well, uh-huh. There was no man in my in my life, so I didn't really feel different about it. I had my friends to play with and all that. I went to a high school in New York. My mom wanted me to be part of that. And I came back to New College. And while I was going to local college, I looked for a parking job. And I got a job as a substitute teacher teach at the middle school. And the judge uh-huh. having their principal at that school was a pianist the or organ, the organist at the church where my, I used to call a Nanny Lindo. The Nanny Lindo went to. We live in a small island. Everybody knows everybody. But Mrs. Uh was a determined person to let every child that she ever come in contact with to emphasize American English, not the dialect that we have if they want to get a decent job. Now, she's not telling Uh them they can't speak the Norman cultural language. She's just saying to them, Uh well, uh, you... Should be. Where are you? And then she would overemphasize the words. It would. It would be funny how she would play in her mouth and her teeth, emphasize certain <laughs> words. It really the point, point. across. <laughs> yes. Your enunciation. Under my guidance. Yes. Then the other thing that happened to me were three gentlemen that came into my life that really helped me see the potential I had. Let me go with my second year of college in California. The family Mm -hmm. here in St. Thomas, a pastor from the same church that my nanny went to, he happened to be here one summer day, and he asked me, how is things going at the Virgin Islands, College of the Virgin Islands? I said, well, it's still young. It's it's, um, five years or less been there, and I really don't know which way to go because the counselor who's supposed to guide me is a, is a basketball coach from the state and he doesn't really know where to go so what to do. He's telling me to do this. In fact, what really annoyed me was he told me that I was a foreigner coming to the Virgin Islands, so therefore I have to pay the of state tax uh, fees. Huh? I already do, I'm a He's He said, well, you're not. You show me your ID. And my ID card showed high school in New York and all that. But he wouldn't accept it. So I came when I checked with my mom, and she said let 's get all the documents you need and go down and That passed everything because it proved that I was yeah. there. It was an island born and raised in Island. so i i don 't think I had to pay tuition, or if I did, I had a, a uh, reduced tuition at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. But as
2: I got into college, there the two other things that happened that really, really opened my eyes. <clears throat> I was working my second time in the Air Force for two two tours. Enlisted time so I could get my college degree. And then when I got my Mm -hmm. master's degree, I went back into the Air Force. And while I was in the Air Force, there was a chaplain who saw potential in me that I didn't see myself. He said to me, we work together as part of a panel to... Prevent child abuse, domestic cases, any of those issues. So he said to me one day, out of the clear blue sky, I didn't know him that well. He says, uh, "Captain Gibbs, would you uh, be available to help us do parenting?" As a parent, I the back of my head. I didn't want to acknowledge that I didn't know how to be a parent, much less how to train other people to be parents. So what they do (laughs) like me? I just stand him off and say, "Oh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know." Okay, he walked mm-hmm. away, no problem. About a week or two later, he bumped into me. He says, "Well, are you ready now?" I, said, oh. I laughed it off and I stand it off and let him know that uh, I'm not ready, but now. he
1: had mm-hmm. no problem.
2: The third time, now we were in the men's section of the stores
1: on on the base,
2: and he was pulling the cart and the he did the, the uh, jacket aside so he could see what's what. And I happened to be doing the same thing. And the eyes connected. Mm-hmm. He said, well, are you ready now? I thought, oh, my gosh. To myself, <laughs> this guy is determined to get to me. And I have to mm-hmm. say, I only really regret that I didn't answer him the first time. Because everything he wanted me to do was already laid out. He just wanted me to be there. Particularly to the young men women who were there, and never been in the military before. So he wanted me to work. Mm-hmm.
1: He
2: had all the programs right there laid out. I said, "Wow!" I fell in into that just because I didn't feel like I was qualified to do anything. He saw yeah. potential in that I didn't see myself. So that's something else right. I like to keep in point: that we have potential. We have potential, and we have potential, but we don't know it. Mm-hmm. Nine now, now right. by the ten, if we don't have somebody who who can spot it and encourage us to that, we don't know where to go. We don't know to do the right right actions, right steps. Is that amazing? Absolutely,
0: it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, you know, my my mother. You know, my I was the last of my mother's kids. She had six kids, and. Uh, by the time I came along she had settled down quite a bit, believe it or not. But, you know, she had some uh drug and alcohol issues and but, but when she was you know she was sober. she was a wonderful person. And there was you know, there's yes. some background traumas that goes to that, you know, by the book, shameless plug. So you'll mm-hmm. learn more about why my mother was the way she was, especially says we did come from a strong Christian family where my grandparents right. had been married 53 years when he passed. And my aunts and uncles are married 30, 40, 50 plus years, but my mom was mm-hmm. black sheep. So there was kind of, you know, there were some, you know, traumatic issues that caused that. Yes. And so, you know, you can find more about that in the book. But um, one thing that she did teach me, because I was always, I was always very, very inquisitive and, and, uh what yes, even yes. people may call today as ADHD, I wanted to know why, what, huh, do, go, huh, what, why, all the time, why, but why. So Gee. my mother realized that she couldn't keep up with me and with all my questions. So mm-hmm. her response was, well, what, is the te- what does the book say? Or ask your teacher at school. So that became my way out of life at, you know, at a very young age in first and second grade, you know, third grade, when I'm like, Ma, math, and she's like, well, what does the book say? You know, so that became my way out of life. So I became the teacher's pet, and whether it was a teacher or an adult or an authority in the room, I'm going to cling to that person because. Everybody, in my, everybody else in my classroom is here the same way as me, and they don't know the answers either. So my escape became to mm-hmm. ask the teacher to, to read more of the book. Um, And that became my way out in life, even though I I did wind up dropping out of high school in the 10th grade for some other trauma, traumatic stuff. It was Mm -hmm. situational. It wasn't because I couldn't do the work, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but I did go back to school and then and eventually, you know, with the city and and wound up um, working with the police department. And even Mm -hmm. then... It was the same thing being, you know, at the time I didn't even know that I was half white. I didn't find out that I was half white until about six years ago, five or six years ago Mm -hmm. when I took the Ancestry.com list. Yeah, because it it was when my mom brings me on the light-skinned guy who never took interest that my sisters picked with me because they said, oh, no, it was that Mexican dude that mama used to mess around with. So if I could mm-hmm. prove to y'all that I'm not half Mexican, I'm going to take this test and find out that not only am I not half Mexican, but I'm not half the other guy either that my mama said was my daddy. Mm-hmm. And ain't no Indian in my family. No, was <laughs> mm-hmm. a and we're like, Oh, we got good, because there's Indian in my family. No, no, ain't no Indian. Not a Blackfoot, not a Cherokee, not a nothing, not even. In a Cleveland in in our family. So, um, you know, I, so even through the police department being lighter than some of the white guys who got a tan in the summer were darkening me. I still got picked on. I, mean, I said, yeah. oh, well, Jenny, that you're supposed to be the black one, blah, blah, blah. I still got picked on. I still had some issues where people would say what they would say, under their breath because couldn't nobody figure out where mm-hmm. I was. And so I still wound up clinging or staying close to the upper echelon, the bosses. You know, mm-hmm. I still wound up hanging out with those who had been on the job for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, by the time I got there. So in essence, I still stayed teacher's pet. But because of that, I, my career advanced very quickly. And, sure. you know, I was able to, uh, get, I was able to be a partner number two on a car with less than two years on the job, which normally doesn't happen until you have at least yeah. five years. I was able to be assigned to a detective unit as a crime scene investigator with only seven years on the job, which normally That's does long. not happen within the first de- uh, decade, you know, and yeah. was often touted as being one of you know the best one of the best detectives in their unit. Simply because I was trying so hard to prove that I can do the job, you know, so all uh, my life, trying so hard to prove myself to you know, because so many people doubted it, and so many people had fingers to point, so many people had things to say about me. I'm going to prove you wrong. Nope, I'm going to do the best job I can instead of accepting the things that people said about me. You know, yes. but Even yes. though the hard stuff is easier to believe, you know, if anybody's ever seen Pretty Woman, you'll remember where it says the hard stuff is easier to believe. So while, you know, mm-hmm. you have these people saying, yes, you have potential, it's usually the people closest to you, the ones you're supposed to love the most that's tell you, no, you can't, no, you ain't, you're not good enough. So, yeah. you know, and that's something that we're, that's, that's, that's a trigger, too. That's something that we're going to discuss in our next show, these triggers where you have, where you have these goals and dreams and wants and desires and self-belief, you would like to have self-belief, but because so many people close to you, the closest to you, they're supposed to love you the most, are telling you that you can't, you ain't, you won't. You yeah, as a matter of fact, when yeah. this when I. When my book published this this past October, it divided my family. I have one sister that um, is proud of me, and I have another sister that wants to see me. And half of my family is on one side, and half my family is on the other side. So even today, right, even today, at 49 years old, I'm still dealing with people closest to me that are supposed to love me the most saying, you're, you're wrong, you didn't, you shouldn't, you can't, you ain't, you you know, you, you see what I'm saying, point finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and right. So mm-hmm. we have to understand, and those of us who are going to take part in following our, our show throughout the rest of the year and, the, and the, uh, the path that we're going to put forward, have to understand that the haters will never end. It does. The yes. more successful you are, the better you try to do, the harder you try to work, the more haters you will acquire, and the closer they're going to get to home. Remember, Jesus yes. was betrayed by a kiss from his boy.
1: Yes.
0: So, he raised the dead, walked on water. And turn water into wine, but they nailed them to a cross. So don't get mad about your haters. You must be doing something right because if Jesus hadn't done all of that, he would have died of old age more than likely. Yeah. You see? So, you know, mm-hmm. haters are something that I've learned to collect. Um, it, it does, It did, I mean, it, it, it hurts tremendously what happened with my family. I cried for days and days. And even today, I would love to be able to call my sister and say, hey, I had this great show, you know, did you listen? Or would you like to hear the recording? But that happened. And now, you okay. know, my sister won't speak, doesn't speak to me. So, and I, like I said, one crowd. Well, and I'm a baby girl. These are both big sisters. Oh. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Just, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, and and Love you me. can't let the you can't let outsiders stop you. There's a uh, one of my mentors. And I know we're going to be wrapping up the show in just a couple of minutes. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, there's this movie called The Secret. And I can't think of what his name is, but um, he said, uh, when, when the voice inside becomes louder and more clear than the voices and influences outside, you have mastered your wow. life. So there's nothing that that none of these folks can tell me that's going to get me off my track. As a matter of fact, if they're upset about book one, wait till book two.
1: So that
0: encouraged me to write another book, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. That encouraged me to sit down and say, okay, well, I got more of a story to tell. And as a matter Mm of fact, as a result of my first book, I've had a couple of psychologists that have reached out to me. Um, from LinkedIn, again, LinkedIn is a wonderful free, F-R-E-E, free platform for our businesses. Yeah. But she reached out to me, and she's been forwarding my book on Kindle and hard copy to some of her mental health clients, and she wants a workbook to come along with it. So I'm actually in the process. I'm working on a Get Your Own Damn Fish, How to Get Your Own Damn Fish workbook. Um <laughs> as we speak it's so funny he giggles every time i every time i say the name of my book and when we first when we first talked he says well you know can you can you refrain from cussing and you know on the show and on i said have you have you seen the title of my book <laughs> this is going to be an issue <laughs> it's kind of it's published now it's out there i can't get around it so and and i there's there's a lot of us that that need to understand that yes you know my yeah. As the woman that I am, you know, I've been happily married. I'm recently widowed, um, and I've been successful in my life. Um, I consider myself a, a very beautiful, attractive, Nubian woman. And, if, if, you know, if say, say, this, and I'm very confident in myself. But the thing about it is, is yes, even yeah. I cuss. And sometimes I need to. And, you know, if you you do decide, those of you out there listening, if you do decide to read the book, you just read the back of it. You'll understand why, though my vernacular is spectacular, and I can hold conversations with, I have held conversations with millionaires and billionaires, they might hear me drop an F-bomb every now and again, too. So, and it's not, it's not vulgarity. Sometimes you just have to drive home a point. Morgan Freeman couldn't marry my life I need Samuel. <laughs> I need Samuel.
1: so before we, um, before we run out of time, let me just say a few little things
2: we have about six minutes first of all
1: mm-hmm.
2: your book is in Amazon uh, mine's too but I didn't mention the name awesome. of It book it's my turn to be the hero and the subtitle is mm. the page of three tropical baby boomers what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That we went the movies every Saturday. And what we remember, we en- in- enacted what <clears throat> we ever remember. But I want to share mm-hmm. with you something that was strange for me when I,
0: when I, when I went
2: to um, New York to go to high school. My mother mm-hmm. was part of the country in those days. If a girl becomes pregnant or potentially could be pregnant... Nine times out of ten, family members would send them away to over to the of Well, that's what happened mm-hmm. to me. My mother sent me to live with my aunt. That I didn't even know. But this aunt that was there was very supportive, but I don't think she graduated high school. But she was mm-hmm. a heavyset lady, very friendly, very supportive, had her own friends and would-be. I could say it's very things she did, but one Sex education from my aunt and my mom. We passed it on to my aunt that I live with.
1: She told me mm-hmm. I can't
2: go around the block where the girls are because if I go there and I look at them, they'll become pregnant. You don't want them to. <laughs> Can you believe I believe that all my teenage years, I got involved with track and track and field. And I got involved with it in my high school. Got pretty well at that. Wanted to continue well more when I came back home, but they didn't have the fact to so. That's interesting, just want to pass <laughs> it on. They really had to believe in that if I looked good too much at females, they would become pregnant. And wow, on, on Amazon. And my game, my name is ATNA Gibbs. If you can come up with the ATN, spell it E T E N N E, middle initial A, last name Gibbs. Chabiba, use my name and search it at Amazon. You see the book there.
0: And again, your book. Because uh, <laughs> I really too. want to say the title. You're so funny. My <laughs> uh, my book, get your own damn fish. Titled on the bitch life, made me. It uh, <laughs> is available on Amazon. And, and I just I just looked at it yesterday, and I got to check. I was I uh, I'm up to thirteen five star reviews. I'm super stoked about that. 13 five yeah. star reviews for my book on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. It was available on Kindle for $4.99 and paperback for $9.99. And I so said I am working on the sequel um, and a workbook for that, for my first book. So good, good. you can look forward to that. My website, um, again, Follow Black Dollars dot org Uh, it is a a, uh, program where we promote and encourage everyone to shop black owned we have over 20,000 plus bills, US bills stamped with a red stamp that says follow black dollars dollars. so you can learn more about that on our next show or if you just want to log on uh, our next show on the 30th again we will be talking about triggers and PTSD um, with PTSD Nation, is Sadiqa Hennigan, uh, so I definitely look forward to sharing that with you. I have a, an affirmation that I would like to share, and then you can go ahead and, and close us out. I guess we got about a minute and a half, and if you guys want to get a pencil and paper, just write it down right quick and say it to yourself every day. Every day. In every way, I am getting better and better. And that applies to whomever because anyone can get better, okay? Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. And that is mm-hmm. for me. It's good.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I me to go wrap up now with the full number. Just want to make sure that, that we have that number. The number again is 515 Nine eight one two. Just give us a call whenever we're on the air. Every other Saturday, Uh, we're coming up on the thirtieth, and then in February we'll be what?
0: uh, We have a date on that yet? I think it's the fourteenth or thirteenth. I'm looking on. Yeah. Yeah. Long time,
2: then we'll be talking. No, Saturday the thirteenth.
0: Next Saturday is the thirteenth.
2: Oh, it's
0: okay. Yeah, it's, it's yeah,
2: Saturday 13, yeah. Oh well it's Sunday, all right. Good enough, no problem. Well, we go ready to go, folks. Thank you very much for your time in the audience. Don't be so shy, call us, give us a call. We'll go from there. We'll have our guests two weeks two weeks from now, right? mm mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Nicole. I appreciate your being here. It's fun. I love with
1: you. <laughs> no I think
2: part more my culture. <laughs> I wanted to learn from Hawaii. Very good. Well, thank uh-huh. you very much. Be sure to check in with us every what's going to be every Sunday? Every other Saturday. Every other Saturday.
1: Yep. Every
2: yep. So long everyone. Take care. So long, Nicole. See you next next time. Okay.